Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this Reformation Sunday is taken from our epistle reading from Romans chapter 3, Paul's epistle, especially these words. For by works of the law no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. We say that uh, justification by faith is the central teaching, the central doctrine of salvation. That We as Lutherans believe that it's like the central pillar, the foundation of the Christian faith. And if a Christian were stopped on the street and asked uh, to give in one sentence what the Christian faith was, we would hope that the answer would include some sort of statement like, we are justified before God by faith in Jesus Christ. Now there is, of course, a lot behind that statement. There's a lot that we could say, a lot that needs to be understood with those words. First of all, I think we'd have to define what it means to be justified before God. Now, I'm sure that we all pretty much understand what the word justify means, especially because we do use it. Uh, those of us who do any kind of word processing, uh, there is that uh, availability for us to left justify or right justify or, or just justify your document. And if you look at your bulletin, it is justified. The left and the right, oh sorry, left and the right uh, margins are all lined up. Everything perfectly straight. It looks very neat, very clean. We like it that way, but that only kind of barely touches on the idea, on the import of what it means to be justified before God. Poor Adam and Eve, they hear God walking in the cool of the day. He's come for one of their fine walks, for one of their good talks, come to be with his creatures, to enjoy their company. But we know, don't we, there is a problem. And it's not a small one. Adam and Eve, they've been commanded, uh, they, they have done what they have been commanded not to do. They've reached out. They've eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They've sinned against God, and, and that sin cannot be erased. The clean margins are no longer clean. The lines are no longer straight. They hide among the trees. Hoping for what? There's nothing that they can do to undo what they have done. No way for them to justify 
themselves. How can they do it? How can they pretend that they are still pure and holy and perfect and clean and sinless as their creator, as their God is? How can they prove that everything is still in line with his command? That they deserve that they, they deserve to still live there in paradise, to still walk with God and talk with him. They cannot. They're no longer in line with who or what God created them to be. They are spiritually cut off from him, spiritually dead, and on the road to physical death as well. God is pure, holy, sinless, perfect. And in the end, he is going to destroy evil and punish sin. Everything that's not perfectly in line with him, that isn't right and pure and holy. And so we must be justified before God. We must be perfect and perfectly in line with his holiness. In short, we need to be sinless if we're going to walk with him in paradise. It was a lie of the devil, of course, to Adam and Eve. It was a lie to say that what God had proclaimed very good was not very good, that something was missing, that Adam and Eve had to add to themselves the knowledge of evil, and then everything would be good. Of course, that made everything bad. But then immediately the very good news came. The first good news, the first gospel proclamation that the seed of woman would come to set everything right. That that seed, that man would crush the head of Satan. And that the relationship between God and man would be restored. Would be made right and perfect again. That man would be justified before God. And when the time was right, God sent his son, the promised one, the promised seed, the one that was foreshadowed by the temple sacrifices, God's just punishment for sin was carried out in all of its bitterness in the flesh of his own incarnate son as the Christ suffered and died a sinner's death on the cross. And now each and every person that's been tainted by sin, maybe that's too mild, every person who's been poisoned by sin, and that's, of course, everyone, all can be made right again, all can be lined up with God again, all can be justified before him, made perfect and sinless by faith in that Savior, by faith in Jesus Christ, God's Son. And this is the message that was given to the church to proclaim to the world. It's a fantastic and joyous word. But that truth, that word became obscured, became hidden, became twisted. Because men added to it and men took away from it. And we'd have to say that Satan had a hand in it too. He hates that gospel word. The devil couldn't undo what Jesus had done on the cross by dying once for all. 
but he could certainly work to hide it, to do everything possible to bury it, to put the shining light of the truth under a bushel. And so we find this little scared man named Martin Luther who during a thunderstorm and in fear of his life makes a promise to Saint Anne that if she will help him and let him live, he will give up his law aspirations and become a monk. We find him then faithfully following all of the dictums of his order, all the rituals that the church taught would justify a man and make him right with God. He gave up all comfort and convenience. He attended mass, said prayers. He deprived himself of food, of warmth, of sleep. He beat himself. He often went to confessors multiple times a day, wore out his confessors with his enumerations of his many sins. And through it all, he found no peace. He found that he was no closer to being justified than before. His conscience still accounted him a sinner before God and not justified because the gospel had been obscured, really had been lost by the church. Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But Luther did not feel free, he felt terrified. Jesus said everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin and Martin Luther knew it, he felt it. He knew he did not merit God's favor by his works, by his life. He was learning in real time the truth that Paul had written about in his letter to the Christians in Rome. By works of the law, no human being will be justified in God's sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. The more Luther worked at being justified, the larger his sin loomed before him, and the further out of line he knew he was. And nothing that he tried to do could make his life right with God. No amount of good works, self-punishment, veneration of relics, or prayers to the saints could in any way make him righteous, could justify him before a holy and righteous God. And what he kept coming back to was the fact that he was a sinner. And God punishes sin. And if he could have, he would have hidden among the trees of the garden like Adam. But what the Holy Spirit through God's holy word was to reveal to Martin Luther was that God is the one who provides the righteousness. God is the one, absolutely apart from Luther's or our works. God is the one who justifies sinners, who makes them right again so that they can stand in his presence. And that's what Paul writes. Now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. No distinction. All have sinned and are justified by his grace as a gift. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, 
whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. Jesus has done it all. You receive it in faith. Not to be earned through our sincerity or our works. We can't demand that God justify us because we have been so good or because we have tried so hard or because we put money in the plate or because we belong to the right church or because our parents were such good Christian people. None of that works toward our justification. That's not why a holy and just God would justify us, but rather we are justified by faith, by believing in Jesus Christ, that he gave his life for us, that our many sins have been put to death in his death, that through his blood, the debt we owed to God has been fully paid. This is the truth, and this is the truth that sets us free. A story is told about a wealthy Hindu who boarded a ship in Bombay some time ago. And this wealthy man was loaded down with chains. He couldn't even move without the help of his servants carrying those chains. He never knew any peace or any comfort. And squatting there on the deck, surrounded by his chains, he explained that while he was still a young man, he had made a vow that every time he did something wrong, he would add a link to those chains. And now he was encumbered with 600 pounds of iron. This man had come to understand the truth about sin, but he had yet to understand the truth that would set him free. John says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And the Greek word therefore, set you free, is eleutherosai. Eleutherosai. It means to be loosed from bondage, to be loosed, to be set free. And when Luther, when Martin Luther discovered the gospel there in the scriptures, when the Holy Spirit opened it to him so that he could see the truth, he felt as though the iron fetters had fallen from him. He said, the heavens are opened and I can see the truth. And all of scripture now makes sense. And Martin Luther was actually born Martin Luther. And it's around the same time that Martin Luther saw this truth and had his, what we say, what we call the Tower experience, when he discovered the truth of the gospel, that that's when he changed his name to Luther. And apparently it has to do with this Greek word for set free. Eleutherosi. Rosai. Eleutherosi. He liked that so much that he took it for his surname. Where he had been Martin Luther, the never justified sinner, by the grace of God, he now knew himself to be Martin Luther, the one set free. Justified by faith alone. He came to know the truth of the scripture 
that Paul writes in Ephesians, it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not because of works, lest any man should boast. Sola gratia, by grace alone. Sola fide, through faith alone. Sola scriptura, as we read in scripture, alone. These are the battle cries, the victory cries of the Reformation. Thank God that he used Martin Luther and other reformers also to free the gospel so that it might be preached and proclaimed openly and truthfully and that that sweet gospel has come to our ears also. And we have been given faith to believe it. Now we call ourselves Lutherans today uh, because we agree with Luther's understanding of the scripture, his, his expounding of what these scriptures mean and the truth of the gospel. But maybe when we use that term from now on, it will also bring to mind that we, by the grace of God, are a Lutheroside, that we are set free as Martin Luther was, set free from our sin, from the chains of guilt that would drag us down to hell and death and eternal separation from God. That we are justified, made right, made holy and perfect and pure in the sight of our God by His grace alone, through faith in Jesus Christ alone. And this is truly a reason to celebrate this day. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.